This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. Kyle, can you lead us off with the topic? Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, policy design in this podcast, and we're going to focus on what is the end-all, be-all design, and if you don't do it, like you're wrong, and if you got one, or if you don't get one, you're wrong. It's 40-60, right, Kyle? <laughs> There's actually no end-all, be-all, <laughs> so... We just think that it's, we've talked about policy design before. There's a lot of talk about it recently. It's a hot topic. And I guess we want to share our philosophy and opinions and stuff we're currently working on and, you know, why we're talking about what we're talking about and just to kind of hopefully provide some clarity. Yep. Um, so if if you've been researching... Uh, the infinite banking concept for very long. Hopefully you've read Nelson's book. Yep. Um, so typically the, uh, the end all be all of, of policy design either goes back to Nelson's book or you get on YouTube and you wind up seeing 1090. Yep. 10% to the base, 90% to the premium. Mm-hmm. In Nelson's book, he was generally somewhere between 30 and 40% base the rest to the PUA. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a never-ending battle, it seems like, in the IBC world between this. And uh, Kyle and I try not to talk about it a lot um, on the podcast, although we do talk about it in person a lot. But, you know, to, to get started, there is no right policy design, okay? Kyle and I completely base our policy design off of what fits the client's needs today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 1090s definitely have a place, and you know, 4060s definitely have a place. Anywhere in between has a place, all base has a place. So we just don't think it's right to how some people, they're only, we will only do 4060s. Well, how does that serve your client? Um, things have changed since Nelson's book is, was written. Products have changed, interest rates have changed. Like, you can't do CSO tell, tables have changed. Yeah. Um, laws have changed. You can't tell me that sticking, what, regardless if it's 1090, 4060, whatever, like sticking with that for every single person, like you're serving your client in their best way. Because what if they actually need upfront liquidity? Like some people actually need that. Or what if they and need... And they can get started today if they have that. But if mm-hmm. they don't have it, they can't get started. Yeah. And so I, I cut you off, but a lot of people would say, well, you're in the wrong mindset. You yep. aren't ready for this. You're not thinking long term. Well, the I guess how I see it is they can at least get started now and then we can do another policy. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And oh, you're just trying to sell policies. I mean, no. But how many policies if you're actually doing this, how many policies will you have? I mean, what you're at number 4 or going on number 3 now. Or number 3. And I'm going to be starting number 3 this year too. So I mean, it happens. You're gonna you're gonna grow. You're gonna learn more. You're gonna use it more. You're gonna understand the value of it more. So why not? Whatever the situation is, why not we just you know put you with the best thing? Like what, recently we looked at 
we showed a potential client an all base policy. They're focusing on death benefit on um, parents, and that is not something we typically do. But if that was if that is the main goal, that was their best option for that. They got the most amount of death benefit over like the break even compared to the blended was like one a year or two or something like that. The only the downside was there was no cash year one. Yep. So there's a trade off on that, but I mean it's not like we're just looking at one spot or one blend. Yeah. And and long term, I mean, yeah, it it definitely is a a hit in the the short term that all base policy, but it has good, really good cash accumulation. I mean, an all base policy it projects breaking even year ten. I think. I mean, that's tremendous for an all base policy. Some blended policies don't project that. Yeah. So. And when we say project, we're just, you know, talking about an illustration, what the company's current dividend is and stuff. Um, but I mean, it it's not like there is no cash accumulation in an all-base policy. Mm-hmm. It just takes longer. But it serves the need of the client to the best that we see from everything they've told us that it can. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is, we're working with another guy right now. We're looking at a, an extremely aggressive split. Um like four or five percent to the base, okay? Because he wants liquidity. He needs liquidity right now in his first policy. And yeah, I mean, he does this and he moves on. Like, will his next policy be something with that aggressive a split? Highly unlikely, but just how situation the situation is now, like it's the best for him. So we just need to take that that type of look, I guess, on all of this and 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 I want to go on with that too um, while we're on that topic and the criticism that that guy's going to get either from other agents or other people is, well, you're limiting how much he can fund into the future. Well, if we're designing a plan that he can fund into for 30 years to get started, mm-hmm. we're doing the best we can right now for his situation. And in the future, policy design will change to accommodate the fact that this policy is designed for 30 years of heavy funding and then lighten up. And it might use up a lot of his insurability at the time anyways, but his income is probably going to grow. He's, you know, under 40. And I mean, so his income's going to grow. He can potentially take policies out on business partners, family. You know, I mean, the options are not limited. And and also to go along with that, that is a, a major concern um, when you do... Uh, heavy blending, a lot to the PUA, very little to the base. But with the new CSO update, or excuse me, not CSO update, 7702 update, um, with the guaranteed rates being reduced, the underwriting amounts have went down tremendously. Yeah. So that becomes less of an issue as well with these newer products. Once again, we're adapting. Yeah. So you can't just pick something out or say, this is bad. And I mean... If you listen to the arguments that these people are making about, you know, their way being right and the other way being wrong, try to find something substantive yeah. in their argument. It's hard. <laughs> it's extremely difficult. And I'm not saying that there's some ulterior motive or anything, but I'm just saying you need to have a a wide approach to this, not narrow in on something mm-hmm. that that you believe is right. Start wide. Present that to the client with a solution as a solution and adjust from that. Okay. Um, 
It's just when you start talking in absolutes and saying, this is the best, this is the only way to do things, yeah. you're painting yourself into a corner that it's, it's just like, why do, you, why do you do that to begin with? It's marketing, a lot of it, but it's not serving the client. Yeah, you're putting yourself on a hill you know, to die on, and then you might be proven wrong in the future, and then what? Like, uh, term riders is kind of another hot topic. Like, oh, this is why we do the higher base, because then we can avoid term riders and stuff. Well, if we look at how it works and how it has worked, like, the risks that are that are being talked about are not, I don't know, like, they're not really, like, substantive, I don't think. that. Well, um, I mean, I did a super deep dive on this um, two years ago, because blended term riders are supposedly the worst thing ever. And uh, mm-hmm. so you can go to the contract and look at, you know, what increment they can adjust the uh, term portion or the one-year term rider at in these policies. And in the contract, absolutely, you see these eye-popping numbers. But then you go to the guaranteed ledger on the insurance illustration, and you can see that they couldn't come close to raising it to that because they'd never be able to hit the guaranteed assumptions inside of the life insurance contract. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep all these things in mind that people really like to blow things out of proportion yeah, um, and make things sound like a big deal that they, if that, if it is abused, I mean, it could be a big deal. And what I mean by that is if you're trying to, uh, here's just one example, compete with universal life insurance and, uh, I'm just making these numbers up, but let's say for a million dollars of death benefit with universal life insurance, you could pay $3,000. If you had an all-base whole life policy, it'd cost $10,000. Well, then you could use a term rider and blend that and pull that down closer to that $3,000 number that the universal life is. In my opinion, neither one of those policies are serving the customer for the long run. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but that, that's what I mean by it could be abused. If you're using it in an intentional way as a method to accentuate cash accumulation early on in a policy, then you're not abusing it in that same manner. So let's see if we can add some like actionable things that the, the viewer can think about and do and then watch out for. Like if it's your first policy and you need cash, like you can't give up a bunch of liquidity and things like that. I definitely believe that a blended policy, I don't know exactly what blend it is. Kind of depend on your situation. But. Yeah, but that is definitely going to suit your needs at this time better. And probably having a term rider on that policy is, is going to help. Absolutely. And I mean, with everybody, we tried to, like with these blended policies, we definitely tried to get that thing where you can fund it to age fully, to at least, you know, age 60, but oftentimes, you know, um, past late, that. Past, yeah, later in your 60s. Because what good does it do for Kyle and I? Um, the logic behind this is you're 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, okay? Your income is going to be rising from those ages till the time that you retire. It should be mm-hmm. rising. Um, so if we design a policy that you can max fund for seven years and then you got to back way off, did we no really sense. serve you very well? No. Because then in the eighth year, you have to come back to us and get another policy from us just to pay in the same amount that you were paying earlier. Only the other thing is you're probably going to realize when, when doing this that, hey, you know, this works. 
it's a pretty good thing and I need a place to park capital. So after, you know, that policy, you've outgrown it. Maybe you look at doing something with some more base, then you can fund that your whole life. Because if you're like us, you don't plan on retiring. I plan on my income, you know, rising as long as it possibly can, hopefully into my 80s, 90s. Maybe, maybe not. But I'm going to need a place with that money. So why wouldn't I want a policy that I can fund that long? Because where else am I going to put it? Mm-hmm. And that that's a great point. And this just came to my mind. Um, I don't watch a lot of Grant Cardone videos, but I watch some. And you know, Grant Cardone talks about even having to save up some money before you can buy that first quadplex. I mean, he likes 16 units, I think, at least mm-hmm. to be your first deal or something like that. But you gotta, you aren't going to have that in one year, probably likely. So no. you need to start building that up somewhere. An IBC policy can work tremendously for that. Absolutely. You're planning for the future, building capital, capitalizing. Mm-hmm. So did you have some other things um, as far as guidelines that we should help? Well, I think you should be very wary of people who say there's only one, the one size fits all, you know, whatever blend it is. And saying that oh there's no need for term riders things like that i think you should be very wary of that also like if you're younger define younger i mean i don't know under 50 under 60 and you're only able to fund a policy for 10 15 years i mean i would definitely be a little wary of that um and also i mean if that's what you're wanting and say you're 40 years old i would encourage you to rethink that thought process because what are you going to do after that? Yeah, then what? Then what? You're 50 years old now. You got a long time. You know, you should still be making some, some sta- substantial income. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with that then at that point in time? There's nothing wrong, I guess, if you want to short fund it. But like if you are, you know, planning on funding it and all, all you see is an illustration that, hey, I mean, it's up in 15, 20 years, like, and you want to fund longer, like there's other ways to do things. Yeah. So. And, and my opinion is, um, you know, shorter pay policies, they tend to fit the mindset or the situation of, I have a lump sum of money and I want to put it into a life insurance policy. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Even in that case, though, oftentimes you can design a policy to where you put that in and say four, five, six, or seven years, but you can have the ability to keep funding that policy mm-hmm. into the future as well. Sure. So that's also something to keep aware of. Some people might know, know that this is absolutely all it's going to be. Um, but, yeah, it depends on the person. But I guess that to me is where that type of policy design fits in best. Sure. No, so, I agree with that. Keep those things in mind. But anyways, I, I think those are good points for people to be aware of. Hopefully that gives some pretty good insight into what our thoughts are on policy design. There is no one size fits all in our business. We've written all base policies before mm-hmm. as well in our business already. Um, Cause it fit the client's needs really well. Exactly. So, and we've done some pretty aggressive policies too. So just be aware. There's a lot of different things to, or a lot of different ways to do things. And we just, we can't, fall into the one size fits all no and we can we can do our best to help you guys try and see the long term but at the end of the day you know the policy has to fit what you guys want so exactly i think that's a good place to wrap it up 
Yep. So thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll be back with a new podcast next week. See you guys. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.